This is Vito LaBella. Vito LaBella, fighting for New York. I'm Vito LaBella. This is Vito LaBella, fighting for New York. We're talking to ordinary people who put their lives, their busy schedules aside, walked away or took time off from accomplished careers to fight for New York and New York City because they couldn't stand what was going on. Now, if you've been following the parents' rights movement, you would think that it began in Virginia a couple of years ago. But if you know, if you are in the know, you know that the parents' rights movement started right here in New York City in 2018. And it motivated hundreds of parents, two of whom I'm here today. And this is Yatin Chu and Jean Han. They have taken their initial advocacy about um, gifted and talented education, about the specialized high schools, and they have broadened it. They have become more and more involved as each year have gone on. Um, truly, New York City heroes. Um, Jean and, um, I'm sorry, Yatin and Jean, um, they both founded, now full disclosure, Yatin and I, we founded Place New York City together, um, is one of the original founders. And, um, and you, you both founded Asian Wave Alliance um, to, to try to get um, more participation, voter participation in, in the Asian community. So you guys are doing yeoman's work, not just on one issue, but on, but on issues that impact all of New York City and all of our uh, civic life. So guys, thank you. You are my heroes, true New Yorkers fighting for New York. So thank you for being here with us tonight. Thank you, Neil. So listen, so we have, we could talk about so much. Yes. But, 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 you know, because we do, right? So, so Yatin and Jean and I, we go in the weeds on, on so many topics. But right now, there is a, there is a, a policy, there was a law that was passed last year, the, the small class size law. It was passed by New York State, requiring schools to lower class sizes. Now, as a Senate candidate last year, as, uh, as members of Place New York City, we waved the alarm last year saying, this law, this is a flawed law. This is gonna have unintended consequences, expenses out the wazoo, it's gonna be horribly, it's gonna have horrible impacts on some of our best schools, and, um, and now, oh, now a year later, when they try to implement it, now they're saying, oh wow, I didn't think of that. We, we didn't realize this. So, so look, uh, no more full disclosure, um, Yatin and I worked for Assemblyman Lester Chang in January, and we helped draft a, a state law to amend the class size bill to exempt um, specialized high schools, gifted and talented programs, screen schools, because let's be honest, those kids in those schools, they're doing fine. They don't need any help. Their class size is good the way it is, and they don't need the negative impacts of reducing the number of kids in their classes. What we could do then is, is, is take savings, put it toward children who really need the help. But I'm going to talk to Yatin and Jean because they, they can go in the weeds with, with me on this. And um, so what's, right now, what are you guys working on in place, and what kind of advocacy and information do we want to get out? Sure. I, I think, you know, if you ask most parents, they would prefer a small class size for their child. And what, um, when you just look one level deep, you have to understand some of the trade-offs 
um, in a school system as large as ours, as expensive as ours, uh, what some of those trade-offs will be. Um, you know, we, in New York City, um, our schools are funded by the number of students that we have in our schools. It's probably like that for a lot, but certainly for New York City. And uh, when class sizes need to be reduced uh, to the levels that are mandated by the law and the school doesn't have additional classroom space, they'll have to cap enrollment. So instead of having 32 kids per high school class, they will need to cut it back down to 25. And what that does is that it will reduce the amount of money that the schools will be getting. And what does that money pay for? It pays for teacher salaries for the most part. And uh, because the law mandates smaller class sizes just for what they call core classes, the math, English, science, and social studies, um, those classes will be small. However, with the lower budgets, some of the schools will be faced with possibly cuts to their their specials, uh, you know, as we call here the, the the music, the arts, the special electives, the things that make school fun for a lot mm -hmm. of kids. And so we need to really think about what this law is going to do to some of those schools. That that's just one example, but you know, you can see some of the other impacts. And I'm sure Jean is going to share some of the stories um, that her area has been faced with. So my thoughts on mm -hmm. the class size law, because. Um, you know, I've been told by multiple teachers my daughter would benefit from a smaller class size. I, I agree with it. Um, but when I think of the law, and not necessarily the concept of a small class size, I think of a Happy Meal. It sounds great. <laughs> it's got great <laughs> packaging, right? It's got everything mm. in there. It's got the, the meal, it's got the drink, the, the dessert, and then for like a little bit of entertainment or joy, it, it's got the toy in there, right? But when you open it inside, you see, okay, the high calories of food, that's not great for you, the sugary drinks, right? There's so much to, to this law that, that really dis, that, that's really disruptive, I think, to, to schools um, that is, is beyond disturbing. I live in an area that's overcrowded. And what happened when pre-K was expanded was we got zoned out of our zoned school. And where did they send us an offer? Not to any of the local um, walkable zoned schools uh, nearby. We got an offer to a neighborhood that was in the reverse commute of where, I, where my office is, <laughs> a totally different direction. And we did exactly what I think most parents will do uh, if they found out that they got zoned out of their school, which is very possible with this law, is that we pulled out mm -hmm. and we went private for a year. And this was for kindergarten. Yeah, this was for pre-K. Pre-K. Pre-K, yes. So, so, so pre-K and kindergarten, you're zoned out. What do you expect these parents to do? I mean, these, at that age, you have to bring your kid to school. And well, these are exactly the parents, Vito, you know, that are, that are going to have the big surprise when they find out, like, oh, gee, I moved here when my child was three because I wanted them to go to these schools that we've heard about from our friends and families, how great it is. And, oh, wait a minute. I just got zoned out of it. <laughs> and you really zoned them out by lottery. That's how they do everything in the DOA. Well, it's not just a lottery issue. There's there's no buildable space in our in our neighborhoods, right? right? So that's the other problem. Where are they going to build these classrooms? Our, our neighborhood has been overcrowded for years. We, we've known that we've needed a new high school and new middle school seats for, for years, for a decade, more than a decade. And they haven't done anything about it. So. What are they going to do when they tell all the families, by the way, we're going to have to shrink the size of your school by 20% or more. 
and send you to neighborhoods that you don't live in and that you have to take your four-year-old on public transportation to get there. It's really not going to go well. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I, I hope more parents understand really the, the impact and the, um, that it could have and the disruption on their lives uh, with this law and that it can be staved off before it gets fully implemented in these, some of these recommendations you know, get adopted. And, and, and the irony here is, is part of this was try to serve underserved communities. But if you, uh, if you expand, if you need more teachers in say a school like District 20 or District 2, um, which is are sought after schools, not only for students, but teachers. Teachers want to come there because it's a good school. 40% of the kids in District 20, the area where I'm running, uh, District 43, City Council, um, those teachers have to come from somewhere because of seniority rights. They'll have first pick. So now the, the teachers who have seniority are going to come maybe from underserved areas because they'll have all of these openings uh, all of a sudden. And now you'll have underserved areas with brand new teachers, mm -hmm. um, inexperienced teachers, and, and maybe because they can't find enough, maybe they're going to have to lower the, the requirements. That's exactly what the proposals are. You know, they've said you've digested what they're even recommending because to be able to comply with this law in this time frame, they need to hire close to 18,000 more teachers for these additional classrooms. And uh, we've had a teacher shortage in many of the subject areas in New York City. It is very, very difficult to find science and math and um, you know English la language uh, learner teachers across New York City schools. And what you're describing is definitely what's going to happen is they'll need to fill more classrooms, teachers with seniority in places where, you know, maybe it's a little too far from home or whatever it is, will have dibs on these, you know, in these neighborhoods where they just need more teachers. And then to get new teachers, they are indeed suggesting to make it easier for teachers to be certified and for easier for teachers to earn their tenure. And once, you know, once teachers earn their tenure, good or bad, they're kind of there. Just, we're, we're stuck with them. Um, so it does have huge implications. And as any parent know, the most important element in your child's education is the teacher that's standing in front of the classroom. Um, so I want to speak to yeah. that because California actually tried this. They, okay. they actually had a class size reduction law back in 1996, and what they discovered was that it wasn't worth the trade-offs <laughs> because teacher quality was highly impacted. And where, where will the teacher quality be reduced the most? It's not in the neighborhoods where parents and students know how to advocate for themselves. It's gonna happen in the low-income neighborhoods where you have immigrant families, where you have families that have language barriers, uh, maybe disabilities, et cetera, et cetera, that are too overwhelmed uh, even the ones that, that are articulate and can't advocate, they're too overwhelmed by other issues that they can't uh, be, they can't really be out there the way that, let's say, a middle income family with only maybe one working parent can do. So that's, that's also a huge concern because it'll just create that, uh, you know, that bigger disparity gap that we're already seeing for COVID. And talk about gaps, okay? We, we, we talked about a $5 billion budget cap right now that may balloon to $12 billion. 
what's the price tag for the, the oh this? yeah it's it's huge right so just for teacher salaries that the close to 18,000 teachers that I mentioned before um, the independent budget office puts that at 1.9 billion dollars a year extra that that's just the teachers of course we need to you know expand the space so the the construction of extensions annexes and new schools could be up in the 30 billion dollar range um, to truly comply with the law and and maybe minimize some of the adverse um, impact that we're talking about today mm -hmm. so so Jean, I mean look at uh, the state legislators who who foisted this bill upon us uh, the Senate the Assembly and Governor Hochul are they gonna pay for this we keep hearing it's funded but everybody and third you know independent research shows this is not funded so <laughs> this is an unfunded mandate so it's going to be a lot of chaos and um, hoopla for something that's not even funded so I, I just don't understand what what's going to happen when when um, the DOE is their hand is forced and they're required to, to basically cut seats and rezone and cut programs you were saying before that someplace the municipality tried it and it didn't work what? In California, they tried it. So in 1996, they mm. actually passed a class size reduction law. And they what they discovered was the quality of the teachers was actually very adversely impacted. So the it's something that, you know, just seeing from from COVID, right? It's because it's not, it's snowballing now, right? So uh, with COVID, um, what, we, what we're seeing and what we're seeing the state having to do in terms of making adjustments is that they're relaxing standards for teacher certifications. And they're doing that because there is um, just not enough teachers and, and teachers especially in certain specific specialties like special ed, math, science, um, and foreign languages, right? Because now we have a migrant crisis. Yes, we have so many, we spoke yes. about that in the last um, segment. We have we have so many um, multiple language learner kids coming in that the teachers are just not there who speak the language. So we're having kids, and this happened back in the day. We're having kids helping teachers translate for for each other, right? So now the, these 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 kids are becoming uh, powers, right? And and that's impacting their own education. Uh, how could it not, right? So look. Jean, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you have to run. Thank you, Vito. Thanks for uh, for doing this and just getting that message out there on what what uh, our education needs. Thank you. Okay. Take care, Jean. Okay. Thank you. Welcome back from the break. I want to welcome back Dotson. We'll continue our discussion on the small class size law and uh, what we can do about it because I don't think it's uh, I do not think that it's feasible to implement this law as it's written as it stands now. So. Place New York City, what are Place New York City's recommendations to try to um, amend this law or repeal it entirely? Um, yes, the law has a lot of flaws, as, as we've talked about already, and the, I, I would like to see it repealed, but even amendments that could improve upon and, and definitely address the short, shortfalls that we talked about would be helpful. I think specifically, you know, this law is intended to help improve education for our children. But in reality, in order to have smaller class sizes, it's actually shifting resources from higher performing schools with larger class sizes, um, you know, from, from resources that are currently in, in low income um, school districts 
and ones that actually don't have a problem with class size. Um, so from the equity angle, this just doesn't make sense. Um, and you know, despite the larger class sizes, a lot of these um, programs that, that Place NYC advocates for, such as gift and talented programs in the specialized high school, they do just fine. These class sizes are larger than the rest of the city, um, but parents uh, know that it's not just class size that determines the academic outcomes of their students. Um, it is more about the teacher, which we talked about, and it's also about the co cohort of kids in the classroom. If the kids are more um, homogeneous, as they talk about, but they're more grouped to their ability level, it is easier for teachers to teach a larger group of kids that perform similarly than a smaller group of kids that have a greater disparity in terms of um, their proficiency in reading or math. Right. Um, look, if I were a teacher, I probably would rather have a small class size of 20 kids instead of 30. But as a teacher, I would like to teach a class that where most of the kids are about the same level, whether they're, they need a little more attention to address shortfalls in where they are in reading, or they're ready to move on quickly and, and go through a much more accelerated curriculum. Um, to have a larger class size with a more even group of kids is certainly easier than teaching to a smaller group with um, greater needs. So um, we began our advocacy because of the specialized high schools. Yes. 30,000 kids apply for about, what, 5,000 seats? That's correct. Now, in order to implement this class size, one way they do it is by reducing that 5,000 seat number down to, what, 3,500? Yes. So in Brooklyn Tech, all three of my kids at Brooklyn Tech, 6,000 kids in that school they would have to reduce the number of kids in that school to 4,000. That's one way to do it. Absolutely. And they would lose money. They would lose money. Right. They would lose money for a lot of the things that your kids actually go to Brooklyn yeah. Tech for. The APs, the, majors. the electives, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the enrichment courses, the after school, all of those could be on the chopping block because those 2,000 kids that are cut from the school they carry with them on average seven to ten thousand dollars. So that's a big budget that the school will be. Um, More importantly, we we all care about diversity. We need to have we, we need to try to expand so that classes uh, the schools are as diverse as possible. I think Brooklyn Tech um, it is is pretty diverse. We have you know we have we have a, a whole bunch of parents from all different backgrounds from you know different ethnicities. If if they cut 2,000, what is that going to do to the diversity issue? Because in addition to this program, we also have the Discovery Program, which gives kids who just missed the cutoff an opportunity to go to these schools. And Brooklyn Tech has a lot of Discovery kids. Now, just because the law states that kids have to take an exam and be ranked in order, which means the bottom number, the cutoff, is going to be 2,000 seats higher That's correct. than it is right now. What's that going to do to diversity at Brooklyn Tech? Well, it's certainly going to um, affect the, the population of kids that are coming in. It will make it harder uh, for kids to score now even higher to have one of the you know, 3,500 seats. 
Um, but I heard something in, in the engagement session in the past week about this new law. It's from a math teacher, so I'll, I'll caveat with that. And he said, you know, for an overcrowded school that he, he retired from, it had a 99% graduation rate, class sizes of 32. And if this law was implemented, it would force their class sizes down to 25. So instead of having more kids at a high-performing, high-graduation high school, you would then have to force those kids to attend a school possibly with a much lower graduation rate. So those 8 to 10 additional kids, they're going to be placed in a school that maybe have a 50 or 60% graduation rate. So net-net out of the system, we're going to have fewer kids that will have access to excellent education. And really, the number of kids that will be graduating as a whole from New York City could actually drop from the implementation of this class size law. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Just, yeah, it, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, this, the laws of unintended consequences. Yes. Uh, what, what, what angers me is that um, I, as a state Senate candidate, had videos and blog posts and, and things on social media trying to sound this alarm before it was passed, and they just pushed it through. I think part of the reason yes. is because of the drop of enrollment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. New York City, um, largely because of the COVID policies that, that wreaked havoc on parents' families' lives, right? Or, you know, which days are your kids gonna be in school? Um, they're remote. A lot of families didn't want that educational experience for their children, and many families picked up and left. Um, so enrollment dropped. Um, in addition to that, there have been a lot of changes to how kids are admitted in our in our middle school and high schools, and a lot of parents didn't want to didn't want to go for it. So parents left for that reason as well. Um, so we 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 have been you know, I think it's been three or four years. This year, I heard things are plateauing in terms of the free fall in enrollment, and partly due to the fact that we have more than twenty thousand. Um, right. migrant students that have entered into the system and um, look these 20,000 kids they have greater needs um, than the kids that they're probably replacing that have left New York City so we're we're in a dire fiscal situation already with what we're talking about and now with the cost of, of implementing this class size law you know New York City parents the ones that can afford to look at other options will be looking that way. Um, so you had asked before, you know, what is Place's position and, and, and parents like me? Um, I, I would like amendments made to maybe change the time frame uh, of this law to ensure that we are building out the seats, the, the capacity at districts where things are overcrowded. As, as Jean said, there's just no room in very well-developed communities of finding space to build new schools. Um, generally, communities don't like a, a disruption in their neighborhood streets for schools to be built because it takes you know, four to five years even after, after the city finds a, a location that's suitable. Um, so this is really something that requires, I would say, a 10 plus years timeline to really do it right without or at least minimizing the negative consequences of this law. And this is very, look, and this is a very important issue for the families, not just in District 43, but in District 38, District 47, all of South Brooklyn, just um, CEC District 20, 21. 
I mean, these are some of the most sought-after schools, great programs, and they will be the most severely impacted. Absolutely. So, look, I'm running for city council. That's not a secret. Um, I would, when we try to um, get um, Assemblymember Chang's legislation uh, discussed, the, the argument was, well, the city isn't asking for anything. The city is not complaining, which is not true. The mayor and the chancellor both said that this was horrible legislation. Fine, that being said, as a city council member, we would have to, I think, coordinate and join other common sense caucus city council members and, and pass a home rule message asking for delayed implementation, asking that we exempt schools like the eight specialized high schools, Sipes and Brooklyn Tech, Bronx Science, Staten Island Tech, all of them. Exempt gifted and talented programs, screen middle and high schools, because these kids are doing fine. Yes. We need a resolution and a home rule message Send that up to Albany and ask Albany to please be reasonable and try to either amend this law or adjust it so that in some way uh, that, that we can pay for it and that it doesn't negatively impact children and families who, who are doing well. Absolutely, Vito. So, listen, I thank, I thank Jean. Uh, you have been taking time out of your life in so many ways, and I know how many volunteer hours you put in, day after day, week after week, and now year after year. We've known each other, what, since 2019? Yes. 2019, you've been fighting. You know, we want to try to draft you to run for office because you would be <laughs> fabulous. You could pick an office, you could pick a, mm. you could pick a party, oh boy. <laughs> anything you want, and I would support you 110%. Oh, thank you, thank you so, so welcome. You are doing, like Jean, the yeoman's work. You are a fighter for New York. Heroes don't wear capes. Sometimes they wear very nice uh, blue outfits. I want to thank you so much for coming in and for helping us discuss this. Thank you so much.